And you know, like, yeah, you do get that that pride. I guess maybe I'm not supposed to have pride as as a Christian. You know, we we want to give the honor to Jesus, but you know, I think of Alan from a very young boy. I'm old. I'm his aunt, so I'm old enough to remember when he was born. This is my aunt Rhonda. <laughs> Always been very proud of Alan. He's always been a very special part of our family. The children, I'm forgetting Sam, is over here prepared to take the kids downstairs, so we'll let the children go quietly. And we'll give it over to Alan. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's a uh, sincere honor for me to uh, be here today to help out my Uncle Dave and being here with Aunt Rhonda. Uh, the other special person, and, and you've kind of met him already, but my dad, uh, Bob Miller. And uh, dad's been a huge part of my life. And that kind of ties in with my uh, theme today. Um, today I'd like to take some of your time today here today and, and say thanks to all of those people in our country that have done so much for us. Uh, We're getting ready to celebrate the 4th of July, celebrate our independence. And there's many out there that uh, look to the United States of America as a beacon of hope, as a beacon of freedom, of independence. In this world we live today, it's it's a crazy world out there. So I want to share, hopefully with God's guidance today, some of my thoughts about the inner relationship between our faith, our family, and of course our flag that we see proudly as we go down our streets here in Winber. As I was coming down Highway, is it 56? As I was coming down 56 today, and we, Dad and I were just talking about, hey, look at the flags over there. And as we were coming down through Johnstown and through Winber, those flags that we're, we're proud of, and I'm very proud of. So let's just take a few minutes to uh, pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask for your guidance here today as we share your word about freedom and our families and, of course, our flag that we're proud of here in the United States of America. We thank you and ask that you be with us throughout this holiday weekend. Protect those here today and uh, members of our congregation as well. So we just thank you, Lord and ask for your guidance. In your name we pray, amen. Well, many of you know now my family. (laughs) My Uncle Dave, my Aunt Rhonda, and of course my dad back there, Bob Miller. Uh, What you don't know, though, is my grandfather. My grandfather, Reverend Frank Miller. My grandfather served in World War I in the infantry and then served in World War II he was a Lutheran chaplain, and he ended up on an uh, aircraft carrier outside of Japan as we were getting ready to invade, uh, and this was before the, the two bombs were dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, as he served on that ship, I was very proud that uh, he's, he was on that coast outside waiting And fortunately, uh, our leaders made some decisions that saved millions and millions of lives, not only the lives of our countrymen, but also many lives in in Japan as well. 
So they didn't have to face that particular phase of the war. I also served very proudly in the United States Air Force for 24 and a half years. I was a navigator, flew in KC-135s and, and B-1s, uh, bombers, and then retired uh, actually seven years ago, this, this month in June. And I started working for a company, it's called Northrop Grumman, and I passed out some posters here earlier uh, today. That B, uh, it's called the B-2 Bomber, and that's where I work today. I'm an aircrew instructor, uh, work with new pilots as they come in, we teach them the aircraft systems. And it's an interesting part because I get to meet all the new families, all the new uh, pilots that come in, males and females. We have fe uh, female pilots as well. So it's interesting to get to know the families, get to know a little bit about them. I still work at the base uh, today and have been there now actually in Warrensburg, Missouri now for the past, uh, it'll be 14 years, believe it or not, this summer. So I want you to think about a little bit today about freedom and the sacrifices that our servicemen and women have made to continue to make country free and continue to make us free on a daily basis. Uh, according to Mark Alexander from the Patriot Post, he says, since our nation's founding, more than one million American soldiers, sailors, Amer airmen, Marines, and Coast Guardmen have paid the ultimate price in defense of our nation. And it is their final sacrifice that we honor with solemn reverence. And we do that, of course, each on Memorial Days. But now we're going to think about our independence. But we seem to kind of take that for granted. I mean, we're free to come here to church this morning. There's countries where you're not free to come to church. But we seem to forget about that freedom and kind of take it for granted. Somewhat heartbreaking, I read about a poll commissioned by the National World War II Museum. It revealed that our nation is in danger of forgetting the real meaning of freedom and independence. Do our kids, we had our kids, our grandchildren, our friends, do they know why we gather each and every year for the 4th of July, our Memorial Day? Today, I'm sure we have many family and friends here, and I venture to guess that many of us are going to be out on the 4th of July. We're going to go to picnics. We're going to see the fireworks. We're going to spend time with our family. We're going to go and have a nice kind of break in the middle of this year, in the middle of the week, with the 4th of July. And we'll have all those special events with picnics and family gatherings to enjoy that 4th of July season and this summer season as well. What I challenge you with today is to remind yourself when you see the flag, when you see the fireworks going off in your communities, think about the real meaning of the 4th of July, what it's all about. As you may already know, the 4th of July is the day that we celebrate the commemorating of the adoption of the Declaration of Independence. That was on July 4th, 1776 declaring independence from, at that time, the Kingdom of Great Britain. Independence Day is commonly associated with, like we talked about, fireworks, parades, barbecues, the carnivals, the picnics, the concert, baseball games, family reunions, and other ceremonies as well, in addition to the various other public and private events celebrating the history, 
the government, and the traditions of the United States. Independence Day is our national day for the United States. But this independence should not be taken for granted. Preserve this day each and every year as a reminder of the sacrifices made to keep freedom. Make freedom be recognized in your neighborhoods and your communities by flying the American flag. Be proud. Stand up as you see that flag goes, goes by in a parade or if you're at a baseball game or an event. Stand and be proud when you see the American flag, especially at our homes and our businesses and, of course, at the cemeteries where we see our veterans laid to rest. Also, don't forget, when you see the American flag, it is an honor for us in our country as well and an honor to those who have served our country. Most of all, I ask if you remember anything today, that you remember that our freedom is very precious. God has given us this country, this freedom to us. So remember that if you remember something today and to preserve it, to preserve it. Our faith is also ingrained. We we're talking about a little bit about family and our faith. Our faith is ingrained in the fabric of this great country and its history although there are those who would like to take that away from us. We see this across, all, all around the world. But if you review the Declaration of Independence and the quotes from our founding fathers, such as George Washington, they always include God. And I'm going to give you a few examples here. This is uh, right out of our Declaration of Independence. It talks about the nature of God, entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind that requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to separation. Also, you'll recognize this. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness probably heard of John Adams. John Adams tells us, it's the duty of all men in society, publicly and, and at stated seasons, to worship the supreme being, the great creator and preserver of our universe, and for worshiping God in a manner that's most agreeable to the dictates of his own conscience or for his particular religious profession. We also hear additionally from John Adams. He wrote in com on the commemoration of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, and he wrote to his wife Abigail, thought this was kind of interesting, that the date would be the most memorable in the history of America. I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations, and that's true today. As the great anniversary festival it ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. And then he goes on to talk, it ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with games and sports and guns and bells, bonfires and illumination from the one end of this continent to the other from this time forward and forevermore. And then Thomas Jefferson, I think we recognize that name. He talks about the liberties of our nation 
to be thought secure that we should be removed, their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift from God. So you can see how history, how is it ingrained in our faith and their faith in this country that we have. Joseph Story in 1833 made some commentaries on the Constitution. He said, let the American youth, our kids, never forget that they possess a noble inheritance brought by the toils and sufferings and the blood of their ancestors and capacity. If wisely improved and faithfully guarded, there's that word again, faithfully guarded, transmitting to their latest posterity all the substantial blessings of life, the peaceful enjoyment of our liberty, property, religion, and our independence. So you can see from our, our fathers that brought forth this Declaration of Independence how much God and faith was a part of their life. So what does God provide for us, for our nation? How does one like myself, we serve in the military, we serve our country, our God, our families. How do we show this faith in a world of differing faiths? And my faith has carried me through some difficult times as well. We, we have many times where we're separated from our families. Think about maybe members in your community here that are in Afghanistan now or maybe served in Iraq, maybe being away from their family for up to a year or more. Well, my faith, God provided me with strength and perseverance to carry on in spite of some of those overwhelming odds at times. You think about your family back home. You know, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of our families. One time I was asked to leave my family. I'd just gotten married. And we had just discovered that my mother-in-law at that time had been diagnosed with cancer. So it was a difficult time for my wife, Lorraine, who couldn't, she couldn't be here with us today. I wish she could have, but she's a musician, and so she's back home playing in our home church today. So this was a difficult time for us. We were fairly young. We had just gotten married not too, too far previous from this. So it was the early days of our marriage, and it provided, provided us really a chance to kind of show our faith. I was serving our country. But at the time, it, it provided perseverance as well. The trip worked out. Worked out for both of us with God's loving guidance and with His care. As Jesus says in the Bible in 2 Corinthians verse 13, says, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, no matter where we are, even though we're separated from our families. It, go on, it goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 16, be on your guard, stand firm in your faith, be men of courage, be strong. Think about those veterans, like my grandfather that was separated from his family. They had to be strong away from their families. This is another really good story, and this is, it talks about protection, and this is a, a story from a man of faith from my home church. His name is Ron Rohde. 
This story goes on, it talks about the protection for our airmen that are overseas, our soldiers, our Marines. They're in the Middle East today, and this starts with a story in Iraq. My friend Ron was normally at work, as, he, as you are overseas, very early in the morning. He was a uh, transportation expert. So he worked and directed a team of people that would work on the vehicles that would go out. You've heard about the convoys that go out and deliver equipment and people and things to, out to these outposts. Well, his job was to work with a group of soldiers and airmen, airmen or United States Air Force, and so we were working right along with the Army at that time. Well, his job was to organize those teams, get those vehicles fixed so that they didn't want to be out on the road and have a broken vehicle. That would be not a good thing. So Ron, that particular morning, he had, he had an office area that he worked in. This particular morning, though, they had had a night of mortar shelling. And so he was up late, and he had been up late working as well. So they, they slept in a little bit that particular morning. And you know what? God was looking out for them. So Ron got up as he normally would. They went down to the chow hall. We call it a chow hall, mess facility, whatever you want to call it, to get some breakfast. So he got his breakfast. His guys were with him. Then they went to go off to work. Well, in the middle of the night, if the mortar shelling started, you put your helmet on and you dove into a, a bunker to hopefully and pray to God that that mortar would not fall on top of you. Uh, they had some villages close by, so those shells would come in, and it, it almost became like a nuisance. They got used to it. Can you imagine that? Getting used to putting your helmet on and diving in, getting used to those bombs coming down on top of you. So this particular morning, that had happened on the previous night. Well, what Ron didn't know was one of those mortars hit his desk in his office. Had Ron gone to work at his normal time in the morning, Ron, Rhodey, would have been sitting there under that shell and probably would have either been killed or serious, seriously injured, at least. So God was looking out for him. God was protecting him and his men that worked for him. His men, they knew that Ron was a man of faith. They knew he was a Christian. He faithfully prayed and had his Bible with him. And you, you wonder how God uses those situations. In that particular case, those people now were coming to Ron because they saw what happened. They saw that they would have been they could have been hurt. They could have been killed. So I gave Ron a chance to share his faith with those men and women that worked with him. So it's amazing what God uses, what situations that he uses. And it tells us in Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge. He's our strength. And he's an ever-present help when we're in trouble. And in Deuteronomy 36, 31, verse 6, he says to be strong, be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. And He will never forsake you. Also in Isaiah chapter 41, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, 
do not fear, for I will help you. Another story that, a little more personal to me, talks about being on alert. My first nine years of my 24 years in the, over 24 years in the service, when I was in KC-135s, you know, what they call tanker aircraft, that refueled other airplanes. And you'll see, actually, you may see some, some photos up here as well. There's some photos in there that we have of a, of a KC-135 or KC-10 refueling another aircraft. You see some other aircraft listed in here as well. That's the B-2. That's the airplane I teach pilots so that they're prepared, so that they can go and deploy. They'll go to Guam or overseas to show that freedom in America. And then after that, we head on home to our families. We carry that faith with us as we go along. So this alert, I pulled for nine years. Well, what does alert mean? You might say, well, what's that? Well, for one week each month, I would go and spend that week on the base, away from my family, and I would be on alert, ready to go. So if the horn sounded, I responded to the airplane. In fact, Aunt Rhonda and Uncle Dave, my dad has, I think, seen this as well. We would respond to the airplane. We'd, no matter where we were, we had a truck with us on the base. So if we were at the gym working out, we'd jump in the truck and we'd respond to the airplane. If we were in the alert facility, we ran, because we were supposed to be on alert, ready to go. Well, I'd like to share a little bit of some words from a Lieutenant Colonel Ward Graham. He was an Air Force pilot. He calls it on alert. Today is the time of rich opportunity for Christians in the military, a time that calls forth for the warrior spirit and the followers of Christ. As an officer said to me recently, are we warriors or are we to find safe havens where our lives will be comfortable and secure? We're certainly in this country comfortable and secure. And what is your answer to that question? Mine was to recall some of the warnings and injunctions of the New Testament. Jesus told his followers to be ready for times like these when there would be wars and rumors of wars. He also told them to be alert. Therefore, be alert since you don't know when the master of the house is coming. He might come suddenly and find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. And that's out of Mark 13, verse 33. Are we on alert? Are we warriors ready for the spiritual battle? We might be. We might not be. While Jesus may have been speaking of his return, the principle of alertness applies to us in all of every generation and circumstance. This particular pilot spent seven years of his life on alert, sitting alert for the Air Force. For a part of that time, I was a good guy piloting an air defense fighter in protection of the U.S. assets here and abroad. So he talks about being a, a Christian officer, being on alert, and I can certainly identify with that because I pulled nine years of alert myself. Finally today, I'd like to share a little bit about one of my favorite presidents, President Ronald Reagan. President Reagan said, 
freedom is a fragile thing and is never more than one generation away from extinction. It is not ours by inheritance. It must be fought for and defended constantly by each generation. For it comes only once to a people. Those who have known freedom and then have lost it have never known it again. So we want to make sure that we stand with our faith, protecting our families, and for that flag that shows the freedom in our country. Finally, I want to finish up today, and I thank you so much for being here. It's an honor to be in front of you here today, especially with Aunt Rhonda and Uncle Dave, and I wanted to bring Dad with me today too, so it's, it's quite an honor for me. But I want to share uh, something here at the end, and we're going to talk about something that all of you remember, and this was on uh, 9-11. So we have a couple of, and it's kind of a, it's a reading, but it's also a prayer. So we'll think of this as a kind of our final prayer, as you can see where the towers used to stand on 9-11. And this is, we seek your peace. And this is by Lieutenant Colonel Mark Thomas. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in the shadow of America's darkest hour, seeking your peace in our spirit while nearly overwhelmed by the tidal wave of emotions in our hearts. We are particularly tormented by how to respond towards those terrifying actions made on September 11th. So horribly bleak and etched on our souls, countless images of senseless brutality that can never, ever be understood. We know as believers that your word instructs us to love our enemies and pray for those who hate us. Yet, as citizens and as members of the world community, we are outraged beyond description by the attack upon our homeland and the senseless killings of so many thousands of innocent men, women, and children as we saw on 9-11. So in humble obedience to the scriptures, and with our feeling lagging well behind our faith, we come to you now in prayer for our enemies and for those who would consider them being our enemies. For our attackers, Lord, we pray that you would pierce them with the conviction of your Holy Spirit, that they might not experience a moment's peace until they are broken before you in total repentance. And in that moment, we pray that you would remove the veil of Satan that he has placed over their eyes and forever shine in their light, shine your light into their hearts. For our leaders, Lord, political and military alike, we pray for wisdom and courage and tenacity, wisdom to discern the way forward, courage to take, to translate their resolve into action and tenacity to stay the course long after the dust has settled. We thank you for our president, his cabinet, the Congress, the chairmen of the Joint Chief of Staff, our military leaders, and our military members throughout the world. We ask for your hand to be upon them. For our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coast Guardsmen, Lord, we pray for your covering hand as they stand an uneasing watch to preserve our freedoms, our faith. They are so dear to us, God, as parents, spouses, siblings, children of families in every American community, and I'm sure we have those in Winber here as well. Yet, 
They are also an instrument of our national security policy. We thank you now for each one of them and pray that they are placed in, as they are placed in harm's way, that you would be secure in their footing, make steady their aim, and certain their fire. Lastly, for us as your people, Lord, here today in Winber as well, Lord, we pray you would ensure that ours is a righteous anger towards our enemies. Fill us with an indignation compelled by your will to do justice and preclude future tragedies. Guard our hearts against the poison of vengeance, of hate, that would seek to repay our nation's great suffering by inflicting even greater pain upon our enemies. By your strength, Lord, not our own. Grant that we may choose to love in your spirit rather to hate in our flesh. All this, Lord, we pray that you would be glorified for it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Finally, I'd just like to say thank you again. We ask that we, God bless the United States of America. God bless those that are still serving our country for our faith, for our freedom. As it says in Corinthians 16, verse 13, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, and be strong. Thank you very much.